you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are now listening to The Professional Homegirls, it's the kid Ebene from the PhD podcast, the only place where you would hear interviews from Black women anonymously on stories that would enlighten and expand on taboo topics. Now, if you hear someone that sounds familiar, mind the business that pays you, child. If you like the PhD podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please, five star reviews only. Hold me down, don't hold me up. Merch is now available on the site as well as my book list, so please make sure you visit the link in the show notes below. You can connect with the kid on Instagram at the professional homegirl and at the PhD podcast. If you are on Twitter, please follow me at the PhD podcast. Now, if you are all caught up with episodes, listen to the bonus episodes by supporting the PhD podcast Patreon account. To support, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash the PhD podcast. Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous. So let's begin this week's episode. So I am super excited to speak to my guest today as she will be sharing her story on being a former gang member turned child psychologist. So to my guest, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am okay. I feel like I'm coming down with a little cold, child, but I'm good. We almost at the end of the week. Thank God. Yes. I knocked that out before the weekend. So you could turn up. Oh yeah. I'm drugging up tonight, child. <laughs> I want to say thank you so much for being a part of the show. So I like to give people a little background on how I know my guests or how I found them. So we have a mutual friend and he was telling me to join her book club, y'all. And her book club is so lit. It's so like um, intellectual, like it's amazing, right? And mind you, y'all know I be busy and shit. So for me to show up and like participate, because I'd be like, oh shit, like I'd be chatting and shit. She sure do. <laughs> she sure so, do. But this one I wanted to tell you that was funny. So last night, her book club um is every Tuesday, right? And one of the girls has said, um, or one of the ladies, she was saying how somebody made a comment about Oreos being cracked. Yes. And yo, <laughs> yo, why I hit up our mutual friend? I'm like, nah, Oreos really are cracked though. And I was going to say it out loud, but I was like, no, nah, I don't think this is the, the time of the place. <laughs> you should have, though. You should have. Because we, it's, the reason I have this book club, like, uh, I don't know if I ever told you, but it's really, it's like, it's a trap. Like, so I say like, oh yeah, it's a book club. We're going to read this book and we're going to get into it. But really it's just like a healing space. Like I wanted Black people to have a healing space for them to tap into other people in different professions right. um, in different parts. Cause sometimes I have people from other States logging in 
um, and just so they can connect and really like understand like sometimes we we went through some really traumatic shit and we don't realize it and we need to like bounce be a bounce board off of each other and at other times um sometimes we just gotta laugh like sometimes right. we just need to keep me after having such a long day or a longer week with people who don't really get it um right. so girl you, you really should have you should have been like but Oreos is crack and I'm like Kiki right on with you like <laughs> you I know, know what I can I finish be, a whole pack <laughs> yo I be fucking up the uh carrot cake Oreos really you I'll have be I don't, like I don't be trusting the remixes. Like, give me a double uh, stuff and I'm okay. So when I tell you the carrot cake Oreos, I swear to God, and I don't even like Oreos like that. Mm-hmm. Dumb shit, yo! I ate so much one time I threw up. Like, <laughs> oh, you just, <laughs> just you being greedy. They you so good. So when she was like, I was like, girl, them shits are like crack. Like they're delicious. Oh my god. <laughs> But now her book club is with for real. Thank you. So we have so much to discuss. So let's start from the beginning, child. So tell us about your upbringing. So born and raised in Brooklyn, um, but did a lot of moving around. Um, I kind of grew up, my mom was like really, really hood rich. She used to run like a number spot. So, like, growing up, like, I kind of, like, didn't really want for anything, like, the first couple of years up until around third grade. Um, and then she kind of, she had got arrested twice, and she, at the time, she didn't have a green card or, um, and I believe her visa was expired at that time. Basically, my mom was an immigrant, and she was scared that they was going to ship her back. Um, so, she was like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. And and then she had us moving around. Uh, we went then she wasn't really feeling Utah, so we came back. And like my fourth and fifth grade years, um, we were living in a shelter. Well, first well, before we got to the shelter, we were living at some lady's house. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. When it, why did y'all move to Utah? Like why Utah? So she had an uh, I want to say my uncle was living out there because mm-hmm. mind you, my so my grandmother had thirteen kids, and then yeah. So my grandmother, like she birthed 13 children. Wow. And then my grandfather had also had like shit ton of kids. So I want to say this person was my uncle because I have so many like aunties and uncles. I'm, I like in my head, I'm like, are you really my auntie or uncle? Like, are you like, I, it's a lot. So yeah. I want to say it was like an uncle at the time. Um, And then my family, like we're such a wide range, like of shade colors and like some of us got green eyes, some of us so. I want to say this is my uncle. So the person had convinced her to move to Utah. Girl, this woman had us, we were Mormon. Like she had us get baptized in the Mormon religion. Like my mom's a little, she's a little special. <laughs> when I say people be thinking I'm joking, I'm like, yo, I've been almost like every denomination of Christian faith that there is. Like I've been Pentecostal, Baptist, Catholic, like she done had us in everything. So yeah, so my uncle had her, who I think was my uncle had us move to Utah and then we were there and I he didn't really help her like so we lived so it was two of us it's me and my younger brother and after a while he was like yeah y'all gotta go like y'all gotta find some place to be wow see how people are right I I guess like people don't realize what they signing up for yeah so like it's it's not just her that you're helping like you feeding three miles and I remember, so I was always quiet and, like, reserved. Like, I was really nerdy and geeky. Like, I could, like, sit down and read a, a dictionary and be fine and happy in a corner. But my brother was very, like, hyperactive. So he probably, I know, like, it's funny because she blames me for a lot of, like, the hardships in her life. But it really be my brother that people used to complain about. Like, oh, he's too hyperactive and he's making too much noise and da 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 mm. So he ended up kicking us out while we were there and... Damn. We were, like, moving around a lot. One day, girl, I was trying to make a grilled cheese. So she used to, like, leave us in the house by ourselves. And mind you, we're, like, in, I'm in, like, third grade, and he's younger than me by three years. So one day, I'm trying to make a grilled cheese. Don't know how to make a grilled cheese. I put the cheese and the bread into a toaster with, like, butter on it, thinking that that's how you make the grilled cheese. It started, like, an electrical fire. It was, like, a whole big thing. Um, and oh, yeah, after yeah, that... <laughs> 
Yeah, she was like, yeah, we gotta go back to New York. Because <laughs> we ain't no, like, we ain't know nobody in Utah. So that nigga was like, like y'all got to go. <laughs> right, girl. Then we freaking moved back. Um, and she had like, she, I don't know where she met this man, but my mom was also like very secretive with her lifestyle, like with her life. Like we didn't really know what one hand was doing. Like it, it was very strange. So anyway, she had met this man. So we move in with this man and I guess like shit goes sour with them. This is now we're back in New York. I guess shit goes sour with them and he like fakes an eviction. So yeah so he like fakes an addiction so he like goes on vacation quote unquote um and has like his friend put like eviction notices on the door like while he's on vacation and i'm doing air quotes for people who can't see me i know um (laughs) i know she's doing air quotes but i'm like wait what (laughs) because he's on this vacation y'all um yo the whole time she's talking y'all my mouth is open like what Yo, niggas don't get niggas get real creative. Yo, real, real creative. Like you could have just say it's done. It's over. I I can't with you and your kids. Right. So and I believe it was probably like winter time too, if I recall correctly. So we like so we leave or whatever. And she had us living in some lady's house. You know, fake help again. Like she had us like no there was like no heat, no hot water, like no stove for us to use. So we was eating like takeout food every day. And just kind of making shit work before my mom pulled the trigger and was like, all right, like, we need to go to a shelter because this just isn't working. But the reason we knew that the, the the eviction was fake was because, like, this guy, like, we had, like, a lot of, like, family friends. And someone ended up, like, telling my mom, like, oh, like, he still lived there? Like, there was, like, he had his friend put up, like, that fake notice. Like, it wasn't even a real, like, state notice that we was getting evicted. Like, he just wanted y'all out. Right. Wait, before y'all went, before you went to the shelter, so where was your father at during this time? Like, did he know what was going so, on? With so he did not know. And the crazy thing is, I found out much later in life, like, I'm like in grad school, I believe, when I like finally like start like learning all this stuff out about my dad. Um, But this whole time, I think my father wants like nothing to do with me. Doesn't want to know who I am. Doesn't really care about me. Um, and the whole time I end up finding out that he was actually sending her money for me. And like this man owns like multiple like businesses. He owns like multiple supermarkets. Like he's like a millionaire, like in America. Um, and then his family, like we're so we're from the Caribbean, Dominican and Haitian. Like back home, they own like a bunch of land, a bunch of businesses. And apparently, like he was like taking care of me financially. I just mm-hmm. never heard about it. Like to me, my father wasn't shit. My father wasn't around. Um, she used to kind of like, I don't know, I feel like, like there was like some type of animosity towards me because so my so my biological father is one of my uncle's like best friends. And then so it was a trio. So it was my uncle, my father, and then my younger father's fa- biological father. So this this is like a trio close as fuck, like rider dies right my mother ends up cheating on my father while she's pregnant with me with my little brother's father my father finds out it's a whole big shit ends up being like domestic violence ends up happening like my father ends up like beating her ass um like trying to cut off her ear like to show like she's a, like yeah it was like to signify like you're a cheater you're like a disloyal woman right. um and then that's kind of like when she's like all right like i'm done with you and they separate. Um, and then she ends up, this woman's crazy. She ends up like, go, mind you, like my little brother's father is married to like this other woman. And like, she ends up like continuing the relationship. Then she says she stopped. And then I find out like she purposely got pregnant with my little brother because the wife kept like testing her like, oh, why are you like sleeping with my man? And she's like, oh, you want to see me sleeping with your man? Now I'm going to have a baby. So, yeah. yeah. And so then, that for a long time I thought my younger brother's father was my father, but like we didn't look alike. Like it was just like a lot of like weird things. And like you could also tell like there wasn't really a connection with me. The connection was more with my younger brother. Um, and it wasn't until later on in life that I find out like I have a whole different biological father. I'm supposed to be like a little princess living it right. up. Somewhere. 
and she's like keeping him away from me um but wait and you also told me the real tea is your father and your little brother father were best friends right they were it was yep them and my uncle best friends and I, I ended up like getting all this information like from my uncle like one day like I was in VR and um like I don't know I was just seeing like like I seen a picture and like the person looked like me like we looked alike and I'm like mm. who's this person and then he was kind of like you don't like, know kinda, yeah like he was like oh well and he actually <laughs> he's so he's so extra model um he took me like on a motorcycle ride he was like oh we gotta take a ride for this one and he takes me like on a ride and like tells me all this shit and I and I'm like cursing da, da, da. he was like now nah, you know why I took you on a ride I'm gonna leave you in the house I, like I'm literally I was pregnant with my daughter when I'm like finding all this like so my emotions and my, my like I was all, all right. over the place but don't you love gossiping with your family though like you be getting all the tea and you be like wait what happened <laughs> yup especially when they I, you know when they fake don't want to tell you like they be like oh I shouldn't tell you this but then they right. tell you like that tell you anyway. <laughs> I'm like sir like, like come on, what you I don't say me. nothing <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my god but, so at this point y'all are living in the shelter so did you realize that you were living in a shelter and if so what was that like as a child um I think it was like more embarrassing than anything I definitely knew that we were in a shelter because it was like a process so like one random night, again, I don't know why she loved doing shit in the cold of winter because it was near Christmas time. She like takes us to a police precinct and she tells the police people like, hey, we're homeless. We don't have no place to go. Um, and then they drive us to like this place in the Bronx because um, we're, we're in Brooklyn during all this time. Um, they drive us to this place in the Bronx and then like it's like you have to go through this like process, I guess. Like it was like a check in process. Mm-hmm. um so that first night we're like sleeping on benches like it's a bunch of different families because it's also different like if you're a, a woman with children you go to somewhere separate than if you were like single with no children right so all these people are like families but we're like sleeping on benches and then after that initial night they had us like stay in like I guess it was like motels for a night until you get a placement and then it's like you go mm-hmm. to this like I guess like kind of like permanent shelter housing mm-hmm. and it's like an apartment but like there's a curfew you can't have like sleepovers you can't sleep mm-hmm. out so I remember like that's the time because now I'm in like yeah fourth fifth grade that's the time people's having like sleepovers at birthday parties and stuff right. people are trying to like take you out um and I remember like I was always like oh like no I can't do that and like at the kid I'd be like oh like I have a curfew like my family has a curfew and then like one day like I guess a, a girl was hit like she was a little older and she was like oh you live in a shelter and I remember, like, no, I don't. Like, like, I was, like, upset. Like, oh, my no, God. I live in a- but, like, she, but she, like, started, oh, because you can't leave after a certain time. And, da, da, da. and I know, because my cousin, like, so it, it was, like, it was embarrassing, like, as a kid. And then, then like, so now you, you're living in this building where it's, like, all these people from different backgrounds. And, you know, some people... I feel like they become homeless just because like life just throws it at them. And then some people, I feel like it's, they make a lot of bad decisions um, and they, they're aware that they're making these bad decisions and they just continue. And it's kind of like a family thing, family lineage, not always the best. Some of these people have like mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So I remember my mother, again, she's like a single parent at the time and a struggling single parent by choice because my dad was, offering to help and step in but she wasn't letting him um so she would like leave us with like other people's kids so I remember like I'm in elementary school and she leaves me with like this boy that's in high school and and like he ended up like molesting me um and she I feel like she knew because a lot of people in my family like they have like these dreams when like think when bad things happen they have these dreams and she's always been very on point with her dreams. And I feel like she would just like make these little comments. And I was scared because at the time the boy was like, oh, if you tell anyone, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to get you. Like, I'm going to kill you and your family. Da, da, da. And like in my like fourth, fifth, I was probably in fifth grade. Yeah, I was fifth grade. You were scared. I'm scared. Yeah. And so I'm, really, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to shut up. And in my head, I was like, because it was, it was molestation, not rape. I was like, 
it could have been worse mm. like in my little brain so but did you know what I it was you knew what being molested and rape was at that age so at that age, I didn't like those words. I didn't know, but right. like the act. So basically, he just had me like touching his, his penis, and he like rubbing his penis like on my face. Um. So like I knew because my mother had already spoken to me about sex and what like penetration was. So she she was like, oh, like you, you get pregnant. Like she didn't have like a, I guess the normal sex talk with me. She was just like, you can get pregnant. Don't let anyone stick their, their penis in you. So in my head, I was like, oh, well, he didn't do that. Um, but I knew it was wrong because he had threatened me. Mm-hmm. So I think I've also always been that type of person. Like if maybe if he wouldn't have threatened me, I would have been like, oh, like this is normal. Like this is all right. But because he threatened me, I was like, okay, whatever you're doing to me right now is not okay. So what um, made you, why do you feel like she kind of knew? Because she just would make like, comments like oh you probably think you're a woman and like just like just strange comments that wouldn't make sense to say to an element like a girl in elementary school and again like I wasn't promiscuous like I wasn't I mean, you I were know how they you was a kid uh, <laughs> that's a you yeah, I was a kid, kid. Right? um and even as I say that it's crazy that people ever can call like when people be calling girls fast and did it I'm like, they're children. Like, what are you really talking about right now? Um, but yeah, thinking back, like, I used to be like a tomboy. Like, I used to wear baggy ass clothes. And I remember she used to like try to wear like have me wear like quote unquote girly clothes, like tighter jeans and leggings and stuff like that, like tights and stuff. Um, and I rem- I like I used to cry, like, no, I don't want to wear that. Da, da, da. So it's like it was very weird that she would like make those comments to me. But, like, fast forward, like, as an adult, she, like, blames me. Because I did end up, unfortunately, like, getting raped when I was in middle school. Um, and she, my my cousin told her, like, because I kept it to myself. I was like, she's not going to help me. Because she had also, like, she had sent me to, like, ACS. Like, it was just a whole bunch of shit happening. Um, so then my cousin, like, I think she was talking shit to my aunt. And my cousin was like, like do you know what she's gone through like so my cousin like starts like yelling at her and telling her all that shit and my mom basically tells her well that's her fault um so she's kind of I feel like she's kind of always just like try to make anything like sexual my fault right and I don't really know why she's probably gone through something like now like psychologists brain me I'm like you probably went through some shit and nobody protected you so you didn't really know how to protect me right um and or- that's not okay but you know what? Or you make a good point. Whereas, uh, since she thinks she came out okay and she survived, she know you would do the same, right? And it's just like nah, be like I could have went the complete opposite way. Like sometimes right. when I like compare myself, um, I'm jumping around here, but like sometimes when I compare myself to like people that was like in the same set as me, um, we don't all like we have resiliency looks different in so many different people. So my resiliency was like getting my ass out the hood not really i'm still living in the hood but like getting an education with the background y'all we recording on zoom (laughs) i see that kitchen (laughs) i see the cabinet they don't look hood to me (laughs) i'm just saying i see some some blue furniture child don't look hood (laughs) don't let the neighborhood fool you on the story y'all i don't think she is cool no more y'all but what do i know my furniture haven't came yet so maybe i'm hating <laughs> i'm still in the middle of brooklyn y'all i just i i'm an aesthetic queen i like i like everything to be aesthetically appealing so i could be really? in the middle of a crack house but it's gonna feel like realty in that bitch so oh uh, but yeah so but like just looking at them and like some of them like like there's like there's people like in their 30s still gangbanging like like that thinks that shit is like cool and okay um so but like that's how they know how to survive um so residency really looks differently i forgot how we got here but yeah (laughs) Yeah. no you you make a good point um 
So I want to say that I'm just so sorry that I heard um, that you went through everything as far as like being raped and molested. And I remember when I first met you in your book club and I was telling our mutual friend, I was like, yo, who is she? I am so intrigued by her. Like, I want to learn more about her and all this mm -hmm. other stuff. So I really appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you. It was funny. I actually, I saw him recently. And I was like, why you been hiding Ebony? Like, I, I've known her for years and years and years. I'm like, why are you hiding her? And he was like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, he was really like, I don't know. Like, I just don't make you know, my friends. I'm like, you're a liar. Right. <laughs> I'm like, that's a lie because I met all your male friends. Like, I know all your male best friends. I, like, I don't want to hear it. Um, And then I was telling him, I was like, you know, I spoke to her. And I was telling her, like, all this really traumatic shit. And, like, it's something about her energy. Because typically when I talk about this stuff, like, I, my voice be cracking up. I, be, I start right. crying. And, like. I don't know why, but there's just something about you. Like, I could just say the shit, release it, and it's just, right. like, like, I feel it. Like, I feel it inside, but it's, like, I could still kind of maintain composure. So I was, like, yeah, she's special. Like, I like her. I was, like, I'm I'm going to keep in contact with her because I like her energy yes. and her vibes. Like, she's had a calming energy to her. Thank you. Um, Mind y'all, we was on the phone for, like, two hours talking about all types of shit. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> First time on the phone. <laughs> no lie, like we was talking about everything, y'all. Like it, it went from this conversation, like us getting to know each other, to like spirituality, signing contracts, and yeah, you know, it was, you know, <laughs> it was all over. Now in middle school, you were introduced to gang life in seventh grade. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, so yeah. So now we're out the shelter. Um. She has found like permanent housing. The shelter was in Brownsville. Now we have like permanent housing in East New York. Um, but I was still going to school in Flatbush in the Flatbush area. Ooh, so, girl, like, <laughs> all of, I've been all over this. <laughs> I love New bed. York. That's what my grandma lived at, but Brownsville. Yeah, she had me in the bed. Like, you know, remember that that um power outage? Yeah, girl. Girl, I thought I was living in the ville, like we're in the shelter during that power outage, and like niggas was fucking wildin', yeah. wildin', and I like I'm a little kid, like, nah. like see somebody bust into this house, like please don't nobody bust into this house, like people are wildin'. But anyways, so yeah, so now we're living in East New York, um, and I'm going to school in Flatbush. Mind you, like, I'm, like, in a gifted program. Like, I'm, like, in this class for, like, smart kids. Um, But I still feel like I'm not, I'm not really being checked. And all this stuff is, like, I'm figuring this out as an adult. Like, why was I like this? Like, why was I always cutting school? Why was I never in class? Why was I always doing all this stuff? And I realized, like, oh, I just wasn't being challenged. Like, because I used to finish my work real fast and then be bored. Like, so now I'm starting to trouble. So I ended up, like, meeting. So I used to chill with, like, the older kids a lot. Just because, like, the kids my age, I feel like they were, like, super immature. They didn't really get it. I'm like, y'all not, like, raising your little brother. Like, what do you know? So, right. like, kind of, like, snotty about it. Um, So I used to really talk to the older kids. So I end up meeting a bunch of the kids um in mainstream. That's what we used to call it. So it was, like, mainstream and, I guess, like, the special ed kids. So those were all the kids who weren't in the gifted classes. But those kids were typically, like, a bit older. Um, So I started, like, hanging out with them. And then I get introduced to this guy who's in high school. Um, and he's in a gang. Um, he's crip or whatever. And so we end up rocking, like we saw it or whatever, and I become his blue pearl. And a blue pearl is basically like someone that's crip, like like their wifey, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and then so I'm like, so like I'm like, me and this nigga's like attached. Like wherever he go, I go, wherever I go, he goes, type thing um so like one day like he leaves me with his boys or whatever and a lot of people they think like oh they see a girl with a bunch of guys like she's a smart she's a hoe whatever the case is right um or she's for the team so like some dude had like tried it so I like I punched him in the face like so I'm like oh like you're not about to talk about me like that not in front of me and just because my man left you thought like like you thought this was gonna be a thing um so the boy like hits him back. So we we start like ruffling and tuffling. I lose that fight because <laughs> like I'm this scrawny little girl. Like, um, but like the other people like in the set, they was like, oh, like you're about it. Like you have heart. Um, like and there wasn't like a lot of girls in this set. So they was like, nah, we need you. So I ended up hitting the square or whatever. Um, and that's like basically when you get jumped in. 
Um, and then I became a Crip gang member. Um, I'm leaving. Was I scared? When you got jumped in? Or did you like, was you like, oh shit, like it's about to go down? Because uh, it was I like, I know certain things we're not going to go too deep into. Yeah. It was like, definitely like what? Four people against you? Six. Six, yeah, so six people against you, like. So I had six, and remember, there's no like there. At the time, I want to say there was only three other girls. So it was three girls, and then they picked the three smallest guys. Um, I want to say I feel like I was scared, but also like my adrenaline was rushing. Like, was ready. I think I was more. I was so I was like very like because people used to be like, "Yo, you're so pretty." Like, why you do all this shit? You're so pretty. So I was really like, yo, what they fuck up my face? Like, that was my main... Like, I don't think I was scared about nothing else. It was just like, yo, I hope they don't fuck up my face. I think that was, like, my real thing. And then with the adrenaline, it's just like, so I know... You have to show that you can, like... You can, like, you're not going to cry. You're not going to break down. Right. Um, so, like, I had all that <laughs> like going for me. So I think it was just too many emotions all at once. Um... Yeah, definitely. And then honestly, in that moment, it felt super, super long. But afterwards, I was like, like I don't even, I don't remember half the shit. I know they was one, like they was hitting me mad hard. But like, I don't know. Like afterwards, I'm like, oh, like that wasn't terrible, terrible. Right. Um, Listen, I, was- I used to see worse. Like they used to like pick shit up, hit people over. Like I used to see some shit. I was like, oh, I feel like they went easy on me. I ain't gonna front. Like I feel like they went a little easy on me. Listen, when we was talking, y'all, I told her if something go down, I got my money on her. Because <laughs> I'm like, listen, there ain't no way. Girl. And didn't I tell you when we when she told me she was in a gang? I said you was crip, wasn't it? <laughs> and she was like, sure I, did. and I said because every crip I know is mad intellectual. <laughs> And I was telling you, I'm like, yo, people be thinking we be having these meetings. Like, so we have like meetings where you have to like meet up and just talk about like different missions that we got to go to and right. stuff like that. Or if you do something wrong, like you have to hit the square and stuff like that. Um, so, but I was telling her, I was like, you know, we wasn't really on no hood shit. Like we would be talking about like business and politics <laughs> and we talking about like being like having our third eye open. Like, I'm telling you, <laughs> like we, we really used to like get into these talk about conspiracy theories like I was like people be thinking that we was just talking about like drugs and guns and stuff I'm like not not at all like niggas is recommending books to each other like I ain't really never not met a crip that was not woke every crip I met is like <laughs> like it's a different level of wokeness <laughs> yes it's and a- then I don't really know that many um blood people but I feel like it, the vibe's not the same like I'm like oh y'all be on y'all ratchet shit like y'all right. want to party and bullshit right <laughs> is it true that in most games some of the girls get fucked in so it it's twofold right mm-hmm. so girls do get quote unquote fucked in but the girls who get fucked in typically the people like the people within the set we don't consider that person a part of the game. So that's like a tactic that some of the guys use just to run a train on girls. Um, mm-hmm. And that's actually um, that's actually how I ended up getting sexually assaulted, like in middle school. Because um, I, so when you do something wrong, like you have to hit the square and I have fucked up. Like, me. Just for those. So, hit the square. so it's just basically like you have to fight um, and they give you the certain number of people that you have to fight and the certain amount of time ranges from like three to six minutes, mm-hmm. um, depending on like what gang you are, um, well, what set you're in. Like every set has like their own set of rules. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's just what hitting the square is. It's just fighting. Um, but yeah, so basically those girls, they're not really in that like, they just become the sets kind of like their their person to have sex with like they take advantage of those girls um so the set that i was in that wasn't allowed there was no such thing as getting fucked in um and then there actually was a girl who kind of slept with everyone in the set but she could fight like that bitch still hit the square like she fucked everyone but that's not how she got into the set like 
she just ended up also fucking everyone right um, that was just her prerogative um but yeah that's definitely a thing but that's actually like it's like a misconception like a lot of people think like that's the only way that girls get in and I was like well actually like those girls typically aren't considered a part of the set like they're just they're like groupies mm. what would you say yeah. are some other misconceptions of of being in the gang because I feel like you know, I'm not trying to glamorize the gang culture, mm-hmm. but we both know that when gangs were first started, it was to protect the community. Yes, it surely was. It surely was. Um, and not to glamorize it either, but honestly, it was the only family I had, like, mm-hmm. growing up, like, around that age. Like, I didn't really have anyone in, like, my immediate blood family who would protect me if something was to go left. Um, so it provided that sense of protection. Um, it provided, I don't know, like a safe haven. Like whenever shit went wrong, even like emotionally, like you could tap into people in your set. Um, I remember my mom had kicked me out and like, like they, they would take me to like churches to eat. Like, they'd be like, oh, this church serves, like, hot meals. And they would fucking take me there. Or they would take me to, like, like their grandma's house. Like, um, the people that I met, like, I said, I had closer relationships, like, with them and their families than I think anyone else that I've ever met, like, and been friends with. So it, it was just, like, really interconnected. Like, it was really community. Um, and I want to say, like, I don't know, we just also, like, really held each other accountable. Like, you you knew you would have to hit the square if you did some shit wrong. Like, you had to be loyal. There was no such thing as being disloyal. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I remember the first time I got locked up, like, the first time I went to juvie, I didn't even do shit. Like, the dude I was with had robbed somebody. I thought, silly me, was like, oh, I'm gonna stay on the block. Like, I ain't robbed him. Um, the boy had came around um, with the police, and he had, like, pointed me out, like, oh, she was with him. And they took me in and like I I didn't say a word. Mm-hmm. Um, but like just having someone that's that 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 is that loyal to you. Right. I feel like I don't know, but then again, like as an adult now, like that's a little toxic. Um, but at that time, <laughs> like as a yeah, like no one should be that loyal. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you putting <laughs> you putting yourself on the line for somebody else. Um but somebody for somebody else's bad decision at that it's not even like this was like a good like no like they just stole somebody's phone or whatever the case is um but yeah I don't know it was just like real close-knit mm-hmm. and I feel like the pe- the reason why people join these games is because they they looking for that connection with somebody right do you ever miss it uh I don't Yes and no. I don't miss being in a gang, but I miss my people. Mm. Like I'm because they not that they wrote me off like we got beef. Um, but they really was like so I got sent away. Fast oh, wait, wait, don't don't tell us <laughs> don't get there. Okay, all right, but all right, so I'm just gonna say that I just miss the people because they kind they let me go. Um and I was just like, dang, y'all letting me go, like y'all not like nothing like y'all like y'all really excellent communication like I don't know I feel like an Amish person you know like when an Amish person like gets kicked out of their community they're like you're on your own now like bye right right, right. <laughs> okay so I'm we like, gonna talk about that part then because that comes yeah. after another part of y'all story y'all y'all would think this girl was like pushing 40 <laughs> like <laughs> she got mad life and she not even 30 yet which is crazy facts so what was the role that you played in being in the game? Because I know you was with the shits. <laughs> I, I was with the shits all the fucking time. A little bit too often. Right. <laughs> um, so, and I wasn't even in it for that long. I was really just in it from 7th to like 10th grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so like 8, 9, 10, yeah, like 3 years. Um, but like I used to do like a lot of missions. So, um, the boys really did, I want to say like the quote unquote, like dangerous work, like actually selling stuff. Um, actually like they would actually like, you know, have weapons and be using them. Um, I feel like I was more, they always used to say like, I do too much. Cause I would always be like, I'm not jumping nobody. 
So, like, if someone had to hit the square, I would participate in squares. But, like, if we had to, like, fight someone outside of this set, like, people would jump people. I'm like, nah, like, we're fighting one-on-one. Like, if I can't handle this person one-on-one, like, that's a problem. Yes. They'd be like, oh, you do too much. You got too many rules. Da, da, da. Um, so I remember, like, that. Um, but basically, like, I used to, like, hold weight for the boys because, like, girls didn't, like, we didn't really get searched. Since. We didn't really get stopped, like, during that stop and frisk era. Right. Um, yeah, so, like, I could get away. And, like, I was also one of, like, the younger people because I was still in middle school at the time. Um, so I could, like, move around the hood and nobody would, like, really look twice at me. Um, I remember at one point my mom had kicked me out. Like, I was, like, living in the trap house. So, like... I was like kind of it's like I had like this we I was talking to Ebony about this like how I'm so good at like helping entrepreneurs like kind of figure their shit out but I can't do it for myself so I remember like I used to like put systems in place like at the trap like like oh like we need to do it this way because it will run smoother and da, 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 da. and I remember like the big homies um and that's just like a title like so you got the foot soldiers the little homies big homies OGs and all that so um like I remember like the big homies would be like like you smart like you ain't young but you got this like so they would like really sit there and listen to me um so I feel like I was more like doing like logistics and I guess like in terms of missions I was really doing more like holding shit down and like delivering stuff mm-hmm. rather than doing like dirty dirty work I guess right. yeah and then of course if the guys got into an issue with a female they just send my ass to go handle it right you ever think about all the bitches you beat up <laughs> all the time so when somebody tries me now like as an adult I just look at them I'll be like I could fuck your shit up right now like I just like with the fingers that I like in my head I'm like I could fuck your shit up right now um or like or sometimes I get scared so I don't know how many times like I've like walked down the block and like I'll see like, I'll see girls who look like me when I was growing up, like, mm-hmm. with a bunch of guys, like, looking like they plotting. Yeah. And I'm like, do I still got it? Like, if this little bitch trying me right now, like, do I still got it? So <laughs> I be thinking about that shit, too. I'm like, I used to fuck some bitches up when I was younger. I was like, I don't know if I still got it, though. Um, so, like, a little stuff like that I'll think about. Um, but it, I actually discussed this in book club because we're talking about, like, um, violence now and how it shows up for us especially if you like live like in a, with a childhood that was really violent and how, like how that shows up now and that sometimes like my first solution to shit is I should fuck some shit up I don't because I'm grown and healed while well, I'm healing you're always healing um but yeah I definitely be like yeah I used to fuck bitches up in my day like don't fuck with me in my head I can't say right. that <laughs> when I be in like meetings and somebody trying me I be like ooh. Yo, that's so funny you said that. Because when I be on the train and I see if I see a bitch that's kind of sus, I be thinking like, "Yo, like, what's my plan?" Because like, I need to do this. Sometimes you know, bitches will size you up, and then it be bigger bitches than you. So I be, I be having my keys in my head. I be like, "Yo, bitch, you need to make sure you got it. Like, don't let no bitch run up on you because these bitches will fucking try you. They will. They surely, surely will. Not gonna play with me though." Right, I'm like, God, please use these hands, child. <laughs> but something that's good to know, and I learned this as a kid, size do not matter. No, it don't. Size do not matter. As long as you know what you're doing, size do not matter. Because eventually, at a certain point, I was, I'm was i not going to say I was fucking every nigga up like, that I got into a fight with, but at some point, like I could get the upper hand on a guy. And like people, be, like people would automatically just assume, like, because they're a guy, they would like have the upper hand. But like once, because they... So during meetings, like they would show, like I had we slap boxing and stuff, like showing people how to um, throw their hands. Um, so yeah, at a certain point, I was like, all right. What would y'all meet up like once a week? Girl, it really all depended. Sometimes it it felt like after school, like <laughs> like sometimes, <laughs> like sometimes it was like three times a week, four times a week, every day. And like sometimes it wasn't even like we had to do like a real meeting. Like niggas just wanted to chill with each other and connect. Right. Um, but yeah, girl, it was like having a job. <laughs> like you got clock in and clock out. You're gonna get in trouble with your supervisor if you don't show up. Like oh 
So you were arrested twice as a kid and once as an adult. Mm-hmm. What the charges as a kid? We know the one charge when the when the guy snitched on you and said you was with your with the other guy, the member. Yeah, so that was for robbery, and the second time was also for robbery. Um, and looking back on this shit, it was stupid. So I, I had this guy. Um, he kind of like took me on, like as like I guess I was like his mentee. I guess. Um, so but he was like older, like he was much older than everyone. Um, so. At the time, I didn't realize that this shit wasn't okay, but he was fucking with, like, girls in high school, um, and he, he had got, like, well, huh? He was older? He was older. Like, he was, he was probably, like, mid-20s. He was probably, like, 25, 26, yeah. Wow. Um, so, because remember, like, these games, like, your OG's pretty old, like, typically, um so yeah so he was fucking with and and then again who look at who he's around like people in his set are i'm in middle school and like my boyfriend was in high school so like these kids are young so anyways and then the boys would bring these girls from their school around so he was fucking with these high school girls and at the time like i don't fucking know no better and i really feel bad about this shit now um but he was fucking with this girl the girl told her mom that like he was older or whatever the case is he ends up getting arrested and he like calls me from jail and he's like like you gotta you gotta do something to her and I'm I'm just following orders I'm like I bet so I ended up like fucking her up and like robbing her like I just made it seem like it was like a like a robbery um and then so me I didn't get caught that week I ended up getting caught like a month later because my dumb ass I'm always you really like it's funny because in the book we're reading we talk about like how this guy feels like he's invincible like they just be walking like and they could have shot you yesterday and you you on the same block the next day right so me i had just fucked this bitch up last month robbed her and i was back on the block like a, a month later just chilling hanging out and she ended up like calling the police and pointing me out and i guess she had made a police report the day that i had did it so they already had like my description and everything they were just waiting on your ass <laughs> they was just waiting on my ass so they fucking took me in for that shit um and you know what's crazy um the girls that i wasn't i have i was in spofford the girls that i was in spofford with i seen at least three of them bitches when my mom had sent me um she had called acs on me like when i was younger Mm-hmm. was it before or after i seen some same girls in Spofford so you could really see like the bridge like of like how you could end up from one place to the next. it's like a gradual progression like from going from here you are supposed to be getting help and services but then you still end up in fucking juvie right so like kind of like now i'm like oh shit like now that i think of it like the bitches that i was in acs with um because it was like um it was like this building that they had took us to and we was like it felt kind of a little bit like jail, but a little bit like nicer. Like they, like right. we had. Y'all was, was kids like, too, so. Yeah, like but they had like a bunch of us in one room with like these single beds, not that comfortable. Um, but yeah, so that was the two times when I was a kid, and then as an adult, I got locked up, fucking in grad school. Um, and I'm in grad school, and the program that I'm doing, like we have to do background checks. Mm. so this is like this is the year before my last year so I'm like I'm working in like an institution where I get like background checks are being done and I get locked up because my baby father was playing with me um he was supposed to be like paying my rent um but then I had kicked him out like there was like domestic violence he was cheating it was like a bunch of shit so I had kicked him out but I was like you still got paid this rent though because I'm in school um and he started dating like this new younger bitch and like I guess the shorty told him like don't pay the rent anymore so niggas stopped paying the rent so I pull up to his job wasn't the best idea pull up to his job like yo where the fuck is the rent money you playing with me da 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 I think he grabbed my arm and child I lost it like <laughs> I just started swinging da 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 and this nigga like <laughs> he was stronger than me so he like had picked me up threw me against like some shelves or whatever the case is so now I really start wilding so like I take like a flash you know them police flashlights that you could like break a window with right I take so his job sold those 
So I take a fucking flashlight. I was like, oh, I can't beat you, no problem. Go outside, start fucking attacking his car. And it wasn't his car, it was his grandmother's car. Um, yeah, police end up getting called. And I'm thinking, like, I'm your baby mom. Like, you not, you're not right. really gonna let them take me. This nigga let them take me. But they ended up taking him, too. So they took both of us. Yeah, I want to uh, take your ass, too. Come to my job, <laughs> acting like a beast. <laughs> Are you crazy, girl? You got to go. Oh my god, mama girl. or not? <laughs> Are you fucking up my grandma car, girl? Bye. Girl, I was I was wilding, but like you see where like anger gets because in my head that was really the only solution. Like at that time, yeah, I was like, "That's all you do." The, yeah, I was like, "I'm gonna have to fuck your shit up." Like that's that's the only way that you're gonna make this make this shit make make sense. Right. Um, but he had me sweat that shit out though so like he made it seem like he was going to press charges he made me go to like two court um appearances and then after the second one he ended up dropping the charges but like someone called him they was like yo like you want to fuck up her life like like her like her whole career (laughs) like you can't like you can't do this to her so he ended up he ended up dropping the charging spot um but i was i was panicking like i was like oh because my my school got alerted like it was like oh you got arrested because it dings like automatically like the minute you get arrested like everyone who's like associated with you that you work with um where they run those background checks they get an alert they get an email so everybody's like questioning me i'm like uh like i really know how to explain myself like this shit sounded mad dumb and mind you I'm already like I'm a mental health provider at this point. So so also guys, for anyone listening, <laughs> mental health providers got issues too. So please be kind to us. Um, but yeah, so I was a baby mental health provider. I was still starting out. I didn't I didn't have all my shit together yet. And listen, um, you know, your mental health provider some shit. You might catch her on the wrong day, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so much better now. I'm so much better now. But girl. Fast forward to your mom sending you away to a boarding school in Missouri. Now, mm-hmm. y'all, when she was telling me this part, I was like, let me do, let me go to Google University. <laughs> now, this is not no regular boarding school where you go and get your shit together. This religious boarding school was in the media about numerous allegations of all types of abuse. Tell us about the events that led up to you being there. Okay. This shit is wild. So, yeah, this this shit is fucking wild. So now, so this is tenth grade. This is how I got out the gang. Um, so um, basically now I'm dating. I have a new boyfriend. I'm dating this guy who sells coke or whatever, and I'm holding some coke in my room for him. And I guess my mom like went through my room. She found the coke. Doesn't tell me that she found the coke. Um, and she she devises this plan. Um, mind you. I already have, like, I have a, uh, I guess it was a probation officer at the time. I have a probation officer. So I guess she had spoken with my probation officer. And my probation officer is actually the person who recommended the boarding school. Um, And it was, like, this military Baptist boarding school slash ranch. They they lumped a bunch of shit together to make it sound pretty. Um, So she lied to me. She said ranch. So y'all already know what type of people we dealing with. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So Shorty makes up a whole lie, says, oh, your aunt is getting married. This is my favorite aunt, y'all. Like, because typically I don't trust this lady. Like, me and my mom have a, a really bad relationship. So I don't trust this lady. I'm not traveling with you. But she's like, my favorite aunt is getting married and she wants me to be a part of the wedding. So I'm like, I bet we out. Mm-hmm. So we're traveling, we're traveling. And my aunt lives in Massachusetts. I realized we're going to Missouri. I'm like, why are we going to Missouri? And she was like, oh, the man she's marrying is in the military and he's from Missouri. So I'm like, I'm thinking about my aunt. It don't sound like her, but I'm just rolling with the punches. I'm I'm dumb. I'm a dumb little tough grade at this point. <laughs> so we get to the hotel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like this old white man and this old white woman. Um, and they're just like waiting for me, like with like them stern faces, like, like, mm, I got you now, little bitch. Like that type of like attitude look so like I'm, more cottage cheese child right right because they looked like that when i met them like they had like all them wrinkles and stuff like so yeah so then there's like oh, like 
there was like no no foreplay basically they gave me straight away they're like yeah we're taking you we're like say goodbye you're a bad person like all these things and my mother just hands me off to these two old white people that she never met a day in her life I'm from New York we're in fucking Missouri you don't know nothing about this place um I called her all types of bitches and I later got in trouble for that with the people them um and it was a Sunday so they had church they used to spend all day Sunday at church so they took me they took me there and the first thing they did was restrain me they was like oh you want to call your mother a bitch they restrained me and when they restrain you they basically throw you on the ground they put your arms behind your back and then they would have the other girls sit on you and then they would just do that for however long so that was that's my first night there. Then it's morning time. And this is like a real ranch. Like there's fucking horses and chickens and cows. Like it's a real ranch. Um, so we start off the morning by like doing chores. So I'm from the city. So I was actually the only one in that program that was from the East Coast. And I was only one of two black girls. Oh, this and the other black. Yeah. So I was one of two black girls. It was an all girls. Um, school um, and the other black girl had like white adopted parents and she she had those parents her whole life mm. so like she kind of like she kind of already like knew what the deal was and I'm like where the fuck am I like I'm confused Um, so yeah so like the, the duty I had was to pick up the horse shit it's, uh, and it's called manure and they would like put it um like with the plants or whatever to help it grow like help it fertilize yeah um so that was like my job so like we, I come back from doing chores or whatever and so I was never a morning person like to eat in the morning and I'm Caribbean so I eat like bacon saltfish and like my mom's side is uh well she's both she's Haitian Dominican so like I eat like mango and stuff like I eat plantains and these people gave me like biscuits and gravy um so I'm looking at the shit like one not one one I'm not hungry like I'm I'm honestly not hungry and two I've never seen this shit in my life like why are you feeding me biscuits and gravy in the morning like I'm confused um so I I wasn't eating it and then like I, I remember like the girls are like whispering like eat 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 and I'm like I'm looking at them like y'all dumb like why are you like why are you trying to force me to eat right now like I'm not hungry I'm not hungry so then he, cause like we were in our own house and then across the street, they had their house and then we didn't have no neighbors for miles and miles and miles. Like we dead in the boondocks. Like we're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like there was like coyotes, like where we was at, like our backyard, I guess scary. I'm gonna call it the backyard. It was scary. So <sighs> he comes over, whatever the case is. And I guess someone tells him like, new girl didn't eat and this man he's like so like the kitchen was like downstairs so like now we're like upstairs in like the living room area I guess mm -hmm. um so he's like oh like go get your plate so I'm like I'm looking at him and he's like so now he's like yelling he's like go get your plate so like, I go downstairs I go get the plate and each so each girl so we had like different colors of shirts so when you're a new person you get an orange shirt and someone with like a purple shirt or a red shirt has to be like your guy. So this person always has to be with you at all times. So I had a purple shirt with me. She was my guide or whatever. So she like grabs me and we go downstairs to go get the plate. We come upstairs. Um, he grabs the plate and he's like, is my daughter's food? Because his daughter was the cook. Is my daughter's food not good enough for you? And I'm like, I'm really looking at this man. Like, I'm just not hungry. Like, why y'all so angry? Like, why are you so agitated? And he takes the plate and he like shoves it into my face, but like bangs it into my face, busts my lips, food's on the floor, plate's on the floor. He then tells me to like get on my knees and eat the food. And guess what my ass did? Got on my knees. Yeah, I was down my knees food. too, shit. Yeah. This concludes part one of this week's episode. Please stay tuned for part two dropping next Tuesday. Until next time, everyone. Later. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. 
Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.